Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading to you from the internet. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is going to be people's memories of times that they were nearly arrested or actually arrested for marijuana or other drugs. This is from a thread entitled Arrest Stories and Close Calls from the forums of internationalcanographicmagazine.com or icmag.com. And this is just a big old thread of people sharing stories of the times that they were arrested and uh, more entertainingly when they weren't arrested, when they should have been. So let's get right into these delightful stories of people getting busted. I believe this thread was started in 2005, so there's a lot of stories in here. So I'll just be scratching the surface of this topic as I bounce around inside the thread, which is at least 29 pages long. All right, the first post I'll read is by a user named Spain Medman, who writes, I was in the U.S. Army stationed in Germany. I was hitchhiking with a friend to go to a club in a nearby village, and we got picked up by a clean-cut dude in a Mercedes. My friend always offered to smoke with people, which drove me nuts because he asked almost everybody we met. We were driving along with the guy, and my friend asked him if he wanted to smoke some hash. This guy's English wasn't that great, and it took a while for him to get it. I said, dude, if he doesn't understand hash, kefir, hashish, weed, grass, or whatever, he's probably not a toker. After all, he was super clean cut and wearing a sweater vest. Finally, he figured out what he was talking about and says, ah, wait a minute. We thought, okay, whatever. We come into the village and see a cop car sitting by the side of the road in front of a store. The guy pulls next to the police car. They start talking in German. I have no idea what they were saying. I heard the word smoke. Uh-oh. We start to think he is telling the German police on us. We were literally feeling for the door handles to run off into the woods to get out of there. Then all of a sudden they say, shush, goodbye, to each other. The guy pulls on the road and says, that was my father, the German policeman. He says we can go smoke joint by the river. Wow. Close one, kind of. LOL. The next post is by a user named Saibai. When in high school, I would often hang out with my older brother and his friends from the uni. We would go to the computer room on campus at night, free internet and air conditioning. We would spend hours there playing online games, etc. You always had to have your student ID on you, which I obviously didn't have. I brought along a small amount of buds in a little jar, and we would share a joint on the walk to the uni. After a while, the fat night security guard knocks on the door, checks IDs, and kicks out everyone because I had no ID, and they let me in. Not the first time or the last. Didn't bother to argue about the right to be there, etc. Just decided to leave. I forgot that I had stashed my jar and some bushes outside, and it was a nice one, not to mention nice weed. I say, wait, I forgot something, and go over and pull the jar out of the bushes. The guard comes over to watch. Sheer arrogance, lack of respect, and the need for weed made it so I didn't care if he saw the weed or not. So we all walk off campus. There's only one exit route, and we see three cop cars pulled up, blocking the exit off. Luckily, there was a bridge we had to cross before we got to the cops. I pulled out the jar and just threw it off the bridge, with about five cops watching me, from about 20 meters away. LOL. Cop A. Having a little smoke, oh, are we? Me? What? Don't get smart. What did you just throw off the bridge? Oh, that? Empty jar. The cop shines his flashlight right into my eyes. To the other cops, he says, Yeah, this one's got really red eyes, but still got some pupil contraction happening. 
Cape really wanted to bust me and continued to be a cockhead for quite a while. He tried every trick in the book to get me to admit to having weed. Pretty much entrapment, actually. Telling me I stink of it. It's obvious. You're not helping yourself. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm proud to say that even though I was stoned and had dumped a jar of bud off a bridge in front of them, I kept straight up denying it. I even got a little cocky once I realized they weren't even going to take me to the station. Yeah, you can get me for littering. Sorry about that. There was nothing in the jar. You'll have to dredge the river to recover it, though. Can I go now, or are you charging me with something? Are you going to arrest me? It's getting late, and I'd like to go home. Can you keep me here without any reason? They took my name and address, standard procedure, and I was let go. Felt so fucking good. Before that, I had been stopped a few times while I was walking by the police. I must look suspicious, but never properly questioned like that. I was quite surprised that I didn't get intimidated and just confess. Lesson learned. Never, never, never admit anything. Even if the cops are going to find out anyway, use your right to remain silent. Fuck the cops. Don't make their job easier by showing them where the weed is hidden or confessing. Ever. Don't be violent. <clears throat> Let them get angry, not you. I have no respect for... <laughs> I have no respect for police. The profession. The profession just attracts bullies, tough guys, jocks, etc. While I have met some cops and ex-cops in social situations, I have never known a single straight cop. They are just as bad as the crims. Next, a user named Dell writes, This was my first summer after graduating high school, 1971. Friends and I drove to see an Alice Cooper, Brownsville Station, and Rio concert in Indiana Beach and had a fine time toking and tripping, taking in the amusement park rides and then the concert. We were halfway back home to Fort Wayne when we decided to pull into a Waffle House for a bite to eat, but ended up sitting in the car, spacing out for who knows how long, when the cops from Peru, Indiana showed up and caught me sitting in the passenger seat holding a bag I was rolling out. Needless to say, we all got busted. But because I was only a couple weeks shy of 18, while my buds had to spend 10 consecutive weekends in jail, same one that John Dillinger raided in the 30s and stole most of their arsenal, which the cops were very proud of. Fortunately, the 10-plus sheets of Love Saves Blotter stashed in the trunk wasn't found. That is a lot of sheets of acid. Anyway, more stories. And the next story is by Captain Stoner, who writes, Last year, one Friday night, I came home from work late. I got in my house, made a call, walked down my street to meet my dealer on the next road along, got Bud, went home, dropped it off, got ready to go out clubbing, and left back down my street. Met my old friend halfway down, shot the shit for ten minutes, went to the bus stop. I'll point out now that I'm in the UK, so I'm waiting for my bus, and up pulls a cop car across the road. I ignored them completely, until it was obvious that they were coming for me. We've had a report that someone is messing around in people's back gardens, sir. We have a reason to believe it is yourself. We need a word. At this point, I'm absolutely shitting myself, as I had an eighth of speed in my wallet, a quarter of stinky weed in my tobacco pouch, and my little two-inch lock knife in my pocket. So they run my details and ask me to turn up my pockets. So I did, leaving the knife in there. Fortunately, baggy jeans covered that up. They never checked for the weed or opened my wallet. During the course of this, my bus had gone past, the last that would get me there before the club started charging mad amounts to get in. So I was like, that's my bus, I really need to catch it, can't get where I'm going if I don't. So they take me to the car. As we're crossing the busy road, the cop stopped right in front of me and I walked into him, nearly accidentally knocking him into the path of an oncoming car. 
LMAO. All apologies, of course. Oh, shit, sorry, mate, etc. So they get me into the car and start chatting about the call they'd got. I explained in my very usual, pleasant, and articulate manner how I live there and have never been in any trouble with the police, work for a major, good reputation company, and responsible member of the community, etc., answering all their questions, basically. So they say that because they caused me to miss my bus, they'll try to catch it up and stop it for me. While they were doing that, they smelled the weed and asked about it. Yes, I had a little joint before I came out, I said. Helps the club night go a little smoother, you know what I mean? They accepted this. And because they couldn't catch the bus, gave me a lift to the door of the club in a marked squad car, lights on, doing mental speeds while they were doing it. Let me out in front of all of my friends. So that's the story of how I blagged a lift to the club with enough speed on me to get seven to ten years in prison. Turned out to be one of the best nights ever, although it was a very close call. I was buzzing so hard about blagging the cops like that. LMAO. (sighs) Edit. Just to add. I knew who it was who called the cops on me because he kept coming out and looking at me and my friend while we were talking on the sidewalk away from his house. I was a bit more confrontational then than I am now and felt very aggrieved. So every time I went past his house after that, I gave a look that promised death to anyone in or around it that I could see, or at least gave that look through the front window. A month later, he moved out. Okay. And the next story is by Amsterdamnesia, who writes... There are some pretty cool stories in this thread. Here's one of mine, the arrest story. It was about 9 p.m. and me and three of my friends were looking for someone to roll up and smoke a few spleefs. We decided to go to the local industrial estate as it was deserted at that time of night. We parked up and as I used to regularly smoke in my car, I had four or five McDonald's trays which we used as a steady surface to roll up on. So we broke out the trays and commenced skinning up. About halfway through my rolling my first spleef, we see two headlights appear. And lo and behold, it was two traffic cops. One young lady and one old guy. I grabbed my half-built spliff, screwed it up and stuffed it in the gap between the seat and the handbrake. I had a bag of some skunk that I was saving for later, which I stuffed in my sock, under my sole. After pocketing as much skinning up stuff off the tray as possible, I stuffed my tray under my seat. My buddies had stashed all their gear in a similar way, some deciding to eat their weed. At this point, they had reached the window. They had seen us hiding stuff and moving around frantically, but we thought we had hidden it well enough to avoid getting busted. They made us get out of the car and searched all of us and didn't find a thing. Then they decided to search the car. Soon enough, the old cop had found my half-built spliff and put it to one side as evidence. As he carried on searching, he found the trays under the seat and pulled them out, but he didn't notice the chunk of hash on one of the trays. Because it was dark and the hash was the same color brown as the tray, me and one of my buddies had seen the chunk and my heart starts pounding. So he puts the tray on the floor just at the side of the door and continues his search to come up empty-handed. All the while, his partner is watching us like a hawk. As he's putting my stuff back in the car, he kneels on the trays and sends the chunk of hash flying. His eagle-eyed partner spots it and starts yelling, Who threw that? My buddy and I are staring at each other like, What the fuck should we do? They said they would lock us up if someone didn't own up to it. So I owned up to it. It was my chunk of hash. And I got taken to the police station while my friends had to walk home. With all of the hassles, I had forgotten that I had a bag of skunk shoved down my sock. They booked me in, took my prints, and made me take my belt and laces off. The shoelaces were all knotted up, so I had to take off my shoe, hoping they wouldn't notice the bag of skunk in my sock. I managed to get my laces off without them seeing it. After being locked up for an hour, given a caution, then released, I got my car and went home and and smoked the whole bag of skunk to myself. And in yet another story of almost being busted for drugs. Cold Northern Lights writes, I got lucky. Very lucky. 
Sometime around one in the morning a while back, my wife and I were having a heated argument. Nothing serious, except I wanted to get away from her and ran down the stairs a bit too fast. I skipped the last four steps and landed squarely on my right foot. My ankle gave out underneath me and snapped 90 degrees to the side. Blood started soaking my sock. Thinking I had a compound fracture, I decided I needed to get to the hospital as quick as possible. My wife, hysterical and slightly inebriated at the time, decided to pick up the phone and call 911. I shouted as she was dialing to put the phone down as I had 41 plants near completion upstairs. She came to her senses and obliged me, but not before she had somehow dialed long distance, got a hold of someone in another city. Well, they apparently heard screaming and yelling on the phone, and unbeknownst to us, called the state police. So we all piled in the car, me in severe pain going into shock a little, and raced the 15 minutes to the emergency room. They patched me up as best they could, and gave me some really nice morphine that made my world tons better, and did some x-rays. Turned out that I broke my heel and just tore my ankle open. So we were done at the hospital several hours later, and I was discharged despite needing surgery. Upon pulling up to the intersection of my street, guess who we found? The state drug task force, just ripping the shit out of our house. Fuckers. So, they found my 48 plant grow. Of course, gaining entry to the home. Of course, gaining entry to the home under the pretense that there was a domestic disturbance, even though there was no one home. Had I been smart, I would have locked my grow room before I left. However, I was in no condition to worry about that. Anyways, they took everything, about $3,000 worth of gear, but didn't find any baggies, no scale, nothing that would indicate distribution. So me, being in no shape to face the cops, and my courageous wife, being as awesome as she is, hopped out while I and a close friend laid low. She knew her rights. The cops tried interrogating her on the spot, but she didn't say a word. Asked if she was under arrest, and they said no. Then she asked if she was free to go. They said yes. She called us up on her cell and met us a few blocks down the road. We picked her up and stayed overnight in a hotel. Went home the next day, cleaned up the house. Never heard anything about it. We immediately, of course, retained a lawyer. But no charges were ever filed. 48 plants and I got lucky. That made me considerably more aware of security. Don't want to jinx it, though. Hopefully the state prosecutors are too busy to prosecute little old me. Either way, I had some good karma going that night as things could have turned out much, much worse for me. What's funny is that the cops didn't find half the shit they could have. Everything from e-bomb to salvinium to shroom spores. Guess they were lazy. I think it helped that my house was a mess. <laughs> LOL. Oh, they did take some prescription drugs that were totally legit, as well as my handgun. Wife thinks I should try to get that shit back, but I think that's pushing my luck. Forum user Mad Racino shares, At Cheech and Chong performances Sunday night, they asked the audience who had ever been arrested for weed, and a huge number raised their hand. But we have come a long way in my lifetime. A woman I knew once in Texas, who recently died, did 10 years in prison for less than an ounce. But we need to finish the job, guys. My daughter-in-law's best friend is married to a cop of 30 years, and she smokes pot. What hypocrites. To arrest people and then go home to a token wife? Of course, he can't wait to retire so he can toke again. Go figure. And we'll finish this podcast with a, another story from the original guy, Spain Medman, in a post he titled, Smuggling from Adam to Germany, 1991. I was stationed in Germany with the U.S. Army. I would take train trips to Amsterdam and smuggle weed and hashback to sell for more trips to Amsterdam. I made good money, and every trip back, I stayed at nicer and nicer hotels. One trip, I was sitting at Nice Dreams Juice Bar. They sold good hash and some decent weed. They were right by the Bluebird Coffee Shop. I was sitting there one day, 
chatting with the guy working there and another guy. I bought some Nepalese temple ball to take back with me while talking to the guys. They started shifting the conversation to military stuff and the U.S. Army. I also noticed some military videos behind the counter. It all started to get weird after they asked me where I was from and what I was doing in Amsterdam. I lied to them and told them I was on vacation from Ohio and was just chilling there for a few days. The guy who worked there asked if I wasn't really in the army, and I said no. And after that, him and the other guy looked at each other in a funny way. They were saying, yeah, right, to each other. I was getting weirded out by these guys and said my goodbyes and left. I knew the army had undercover guys from CID, Criminal Investigation Division, in Amsterdam trying to bust military guys, but I knew they couldn't really make me show an ID or anything if I told them I was not in the military. So I didn't think much of it, and was not really nervous because all I had to do was deny I was in the army, and there was no way an army CID guy could make a civilian in Amsterdam show an ID to them. So I enjoyed the rest of my weekend there, loaded up on some killer weed and hash, to smuggle back to Germany. Sunday, I got on my train and headed back. The train ride was nerve-wracking as usual. At the last stop in the Netherlands, Zoll, custom guys, Dutch police and German police, would get on the train and ride to the first stop in Germany. During that time, they would pull out known smugglers and search people that they thought might be smuggling. I always had a dummy backpack that I would throw in the luggage bin by the train doors with my stuff, so it was never on me. Made it across the border without even getting looked at and figured I was okay. And my bag was still there. No dogs this time. I'm almost home to my city when we stop in City X. And people get off the train and I'm watching them. I look out the window and see the guy who was talking with me and the nice dreams guy. The guy who was bringing up military stuff. We were on the same fucking train. I then remembered City X was the headquarters of the U.S. Army CID and thought, oh shit. The guy was walking away from the train and looked back right at me, looking out the window at him. Our eyes met and I knew I was in trouble. He was definitely CID. I knew at the point after seeing me, he knew I was in the army. He knew I was full of crap at nice dreams. He knew I was smuggling because he had seen me buy way more hash than I could smoke while I was there. And he knew where I was stationed because from City X, there was only one stop at City Y, a very small village, and then the train stopped where I was stationed at City Z. The City Z had a big army post. And City Z was literally the end of the line for the train. It backed up and went the other way from there. He knows exactly where I'm going. So he knew I was smuggling and he knew where I was stationed and he knew I was in the army. I started to freak out a bit. So I got off the train at City Y, not even a train station, just a stop at some crossroad in the middle of nowhere. I called one of my German friends and tell him to please come pick me up. We go to his house and I drop off all of my weed and hash. Then we go by the train station where I would have got out and there were military police vehicles there, probably looking for me. So of course I think I'm fucked. I spend the night at my German friend's house and go back to the base at 6.30am for physical training. Everything seemed normal so far. Then I noticed some Hummers with a different unit's insignia on them. I figured it was CID. Let's say I have a unique look and these guys were looking for me. Later that morning, my platoon leader comes to me and says, Were you in Amsterdam this weekend? I said, Uh, no. Then he said, Well, you better hide in your room today. So I laid low in my room all day while these guys were asking around about me. Luckily, we were a very tight-knit group. Nobody narks on anybody, ever. These dorks poked around for a while, then went back to City X. A damn close call. Later, I found out if I would have gotten busted smuggling, it would have meant 20 years hard labor. Wow. Don't even think about stealing my story. It's going in my book. I'm sorry, Spain Medman. I have read your story. It might be in a book already. I hope it is. I would buy it. It sounds like you had a very entertaining life. All right. That has been the Lou Reed's Tales 
of Almost Busted Stories. There are a lot more stories from here. I may do this again. It's so great. Almost getting busted. Getting busted would suck. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Lou Reads and continue to tell all your friends about it, of course. Uh, in an endless stream of praise, I would like to point out that no one has emailed me to get me to record their answering machine messages or uh, whatever they like. So if someone wants to take advantage of that, they should do it at uh, loureads at gmail.com. I'm waiting. Operators are waiting, and the operator is me. So just send me an email, and, uh, you know, if you want, I will call you, and we will have a long conversation. <laughs> Within reason. Please. I want to thank all the people who've recently voted on iTunes for me. The, we went up from, uh, I think, like three votes to 11 votes or something, which is great. Uh, don't be afraid to write a comment in there, too. That's always nice. Or wherever the hell you're getting these podcasts from. Where are you getting them from? I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. I hate Thanksgiving. It's a, my own personal cross to bear. Please don't. Don't hate me because of it. I had turkey tacos instead of turkey. But that's my thing. That's how I do. Oh, and also, I am going to end this podcast with a terrible song that I made for the Something Awful Terrible Christmas album. And that yeah, I'm going to put links on it so you can download it separately if you like, but you won't want to. <laughs> but uh, please enjoy the spirit of Christmas beginning in December. Please enjoy King Lou's terrible Christmas song. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye bye. When you wake up on Christmas morning, wipe the crust from your eyes. Try not to look disappointed when you open up the box and find that all you got was socks. Why did you only get socks? Look at your brother. He's opening up his gift. He got everything he wanted. Where was that bicycle you asked for? Not to mention the video games. What happened to him? I thought I was a good kid, you think. Who is to blame for Santa dissing you? But then you look in the mirror, take a good look, and you see the same kid you were all year. You were a pretty shitty kid. You don't deserve shit, and your brother was a good kid. So look at those socks in your lap, and try not to cry. Remember that you did this to yourself Maybe next year you'll be good Cause for you it's a presentless Christmas What will you tell all your friends You don't like Christmas But that would be such a lie You like Christmas Who doesn't? You wish you were better you should never have lied about killing that kid. Merry Christmas.